Have you ever looked at someone thriving in their business and wondered, how did they do it? Have you ever thought that you can't have mental health and success? Have you doubted your own ability to create a financially thriving career that still has your well-being at the forefront? Well, welcome to the Boardroom Brain Podcast, where we tackle those very questions. I'm Dr. Lauren Cook, and I'm a clinical psychologist and speaker that takes you behind the business and inside the minds of today's most successful and personally thriving leaders. We're taking a look at our guests' secrets to success, how they bounce back when they've been knocked down, and what advice they have for you. Oh, and I've got another motive too. As a clinician and company consultant who frequently sees employees struggling mentally and knocking on the door of burnout, I'm invested in having conversations about how we can bring more wellness into company culture. I want to make sure that everyone has the absolute best work experience that we all can have, and I believe that includes making sure our businesses are invested in their employees as people, not just as time card stampers and payroll lists. So get excited to listen, learn, and leverage your own leadership skills. These conversations will help you tap into your own bravery while helping you reprioritize your sense of well-being, both at work and when you're off the clock. So step inside the conference room with me and welcome to the boardroom. Your brain is about to get a major bonus. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Boardroom Brain Podcast. I cannot wait for you to hear from our guest today. She is fantastic. Let me introduce you to her. As CEO, Heather Robertson-Fortner leans into her passion for listening to the Signature FD team, her clients, and the industry to create and implement the organization's vision and mission to impact the lives of 10,000 families. Practicing a coach with empathy leadership style, Heather leverages her unique ability to harmonize people's passions and talents to build teams and lead organizations that deliver excellent and inspiring client experiences. Previously serving as Chief Operating Officer, Chief Compliance Officer, and President of Signature FD, Fortner has learned, navigated, and held strategic oversight for every aspect of the organization. A highly sought-after leader in the industry, Fortner is regularly asked to speak on the ever-changing landscape of wealth management. Additionally, in 2021, Heather was awarded CEO of the Year by WealthManagement.com for the category of Individual RIA Firm Leaders. What a bio! Heather, welcome to the show! (laughs) It sounds a lot better when you read it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a fantastic bio. And, you know, I had so much fun doing my homework researching to have you come on. Your Inc. article, we're going to have to be sure and include that in the notes for people. This is going to be an episode for people to really remember. But before we dive in, I'm a big reader, as people can see in my background for people tuning in on YouTube. I think it's so important that we educate ourselves with books all the time and take in different information. Tell us as we get started, what are you reading these days? What's inspiring you? You know, that's a great question. So I have a five-year-old at home and a uh, five-month-old at home. So I have to say that my reading styles at the moment vary from Splat the Cat to, uh, you know, just some actual like uh, fuzzy books that, that the baby can feel to um, some things about the business and where we're headed and, and how to set visions and um, quite honestly, how to think about people and culture. So mm-hmm. I've got a wide variety there going on at the minute. 
I love that. I love that. And I can't <laughs> wait to talk more about the path to becoming a mom and a CEO at the same time. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. I mentioned a moment ago, the article uh, that you wrote for Inc. that I thought was just great and everybody should go in and read it. You talk about mm -hmm. what happens after the glass ceiling is shattered. Mm -hmm. And as a female CEO, I'd love for people to get to hear more about your journey, what that's been like becoming a CEO and, and how it's been since then. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I, I honestly couldn't have told you if you, if you had said, you know what, you're going you're gonna to build this career and you're going to spend 25 years plus in this industry and then you're going to be a CEO, I could have never expected what would happen in that moment and, and from that point forward. I told somebody the other day, it's like you've worked so hard, you spent so many years getting yourself to a certain place, right? And and by that point in time, it's like, you know what skin you're wearing, you know what wardrobe you've got, you know what accessories go with it, you know how to present yourself, you know the language, you know how to talk. And then all of a sudden, it's like you're, you're in a whole different world and everybody dresses differently and they accessorize differently and they talk differently and they think differently and they expect different things of you. And so it was this crazy period for me of, um, interestingly enough, people voicing their expectations of me mm -hmm. and me really having to center myself and focus myself on who am I going to be in this next chapter? What of me comes with me? What of these skills? What of this old wardrobe and old accessories, and I don't mean actual clothes, right, but of this old way of being, um, what of that comes with me, and what, what do I need to expand upon, what do I need to get rid of, what isn't going to work that has worked for me in the past, and it has been, honestly, it was intimidating at first, and it has been freeing, and exciting, and invigorating, and um, just, just this new period of innovation and growth that I really have just loved being in because you know, what got you here isn't going to be what gets you there. Mm, ooh, that's a quote right there. <laughs> I love that. Well, and I'm hearing for you, it sounds like you've held such a flexibility in your career. Sometimes I see that with my clients that sometimes we get a little bit of rigidity of like, okay, I finally mastered this and now I wanna stick to it. I'm hearing for you, there's been a real flexibility and an openness to, to adapt as you go along. Yeah, I appreciate that. I don't know that I would have necessarily thought that I was doing that intentionally to start with, but I think what happened for me very early in my career, and I, I tell people this all the time, because I think for me, for a period of time, it held a little bit of a negative connotation, but it has been helpful to me, which is that I recognized early on that I was my worst self when I got bored. And so I had to do things to be sure that in order to operate as my best self, that I was putting myself in situations where I could constantly learn, constantly grow, constantly um, challenge myself intellectually, because if I didn't, I ended up not being the best version of myself. And so I think that that realization very early on, 
I don't think it was, you know, me trying to be flexible or me trying to recognizing that that was going to be beneficial to me. I think it was just me trying to be sure that I didn't um, get restless and get bored and not be my best self. And through that, mm-hmm. it allowed me some opportunity and availability and some freedom mm-hmm. to plug in and learn different things without feeling like I was doing myself a disservice or that I should have just been super narrowly focused mm-hmm. um, and feeling any shame or regret for that. And, and that served me well. That's really interesting. And, you know, my question in that, because I'm hearing for you, it sounds like there's just this natural love of learning, challenging yourself. Like when you say boredom is kind of my vice, I'm curious what advice you have for people listening in who are saying, oh, I'm in such a state of burnout. I wish I had that hunger to learn. That drive is not even coming up for me. What advice would you have for, for those folks tuning in? Yeah, I love that question because I I don't want it to seem like I don't ever rest. And I think that that is the key component there of just really realizing and recognizing what drives you at the core. Mm -hmm. And if naturally I am an introverted person, which most people look at me and they're like, I would so not expect that of you, right? Like, Extroversion is a skill set that I have learned over a period of time. But what I recognized with that was that I needed rest and I needed those periods of time where I could recuperate because my energy naturally just comes from um, processing, being alone, thinking, um, you know, having time away in nature and those kinds of things. And so I've just been very intentional about being sure that I could have those times, which I think has avoided the burnout for me. And, and, you know, quite honestly, I know so many people and, and really so many women who don't give themselves the freedom to rest and to say, it's okay to rest and it's okay to recuperate. You spend your whole life taking care of everyone else, but, but don't you realize that if the plane's going down, you have to put on your oxygen mask first. (laughs) 100%, 100%. And I, you know, it's funny, you mentioned that you identify as an introvert. I do as well. And so that time, that restorative time to just have some quiet and give yourself permission to do that. Normally we talk about this at the end of the show, but I think it segues nicely here. Tell us what some of the things that you do for yourself, Heather, when you do talk about restorative rest. I love that because, you know, right now with a five-year-old and a five-month-old and being the CEO, there's not a whole lot of that time that you would normally think would be available. Um, But I, I think it's just finding right now it's not even the the quantity of time it's the quality of time and so being super intentional about um the other day you know taking an hour and a half and going to lunch with my husband like that was both of the girls were in school and so there was an opportunity in the middle of the day to just say you know what 
we're going to go to lunch together and we're going to connect over an hour. We both have to eat. And I, ha I feel like I haven't seen you in a while, right? So, so taking those just brief moments, I I've got a friend down the street. I'm so blessed. She is the CEO of a another company and she's, you know, she's been at it longer than I have. And she's just such a fountain of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I literally, uh, I texted her and I was like, you know, I just really feel like I could use some some wisdom at the moment mm -hmm. and and at four o'clock I literally walked two houses down in the neighborhood and you know we just had a glass of Prosecco out on the porch and it was just this real moment of hey connecting with the humans in your life that are your support that are your community where you do belong where you don't have to put on the show and you don't have to be anything other than who you are mm -hmm. that time that that quality time not quantity but quality of time mm -hmm. it would it fascinates me how rejuvenated you can be in such a short window of time when you're intentional about that Yes. And when you're present for it, it's, it's funny. We were doing a, a segment the other day with 23andMe and uh, we were talking about the concept of monotasking, how groundbreaking, not really. Right. <laughs> this idea of instead of multitasking, of trying to do a million things at once, just be here right now. And that yes. is actually so restorative. We think it's going to save us time to do a bunch of things at once, but we actually we feel so much more rested when we're just intentional with one thing and sometimes just one person right in front of us at the moment. That's absolutely right. And I, I think it really um, hit home for me when I was home. So I took, you know, about six or seven weeks of maternity leave. Mm -hmm. and, um, and obviously our world was just crazy, right? Like you just are crazy with a newborn and all that. And, and I remember having this moment where it was like a baby needed me and my husband was saying something to me and my five-year-old needed my attention and something was going on at work and I had my phone and I thought I'm not really here for anybody I, I'm not I am not present for anybody and when you put your phone down right and you can clear the mechanism and you can spend five ten fifteen minutes plugged into one human it's yes. amazing how valuable they feel and how intentional you feel. And then it's enough progress and enough momentum that you can keep moving forward. But it does, it requires an intention that I think sometimes the noise of, the, of our lives can just overpower. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. the power of setting the phone down sometimes and mm -hmm. <laughs> for you, the, the power of community too. We talk about this a lot on this show, the power of mentorship, because I think so many people are lacking mentors in their lives, whether it's a social anxiety thing that they're afraid to connect. I'm already hearing for you, you've got some incredible people in your life, a, a fellow female CEO, two doors down. I love that. How are different people mentoring you? How has that been a part of your career journey so far? I love that question. Um, so I think there's there are the natural people that come into your world um, just through the community that you are in. But then I think it, there's an intentionality of seeking out that mentorship. So I have two different external coaches to the organization. One is 
you know, probably 30 years my senior, has been there, done that, led the firms, um, is, is super connected and, and coaching me on, on the future of myself, how to be the leader that I want to be in the future. And then I have another coach who's probably younger than I am, entrepreneurial, very innovative, quick start, who, who challenges me from an ideas perspective. Are you, are you thinking about your business correctly? Are you thinking about your family? Are you actually living what it is that you're preaching to everybody else? And so being intentional, you know, and I keep using that word, but it was really this, this recognition on my part that I couldn't do this alone. And then giving myself the space for that to be okay. Like, I'm never going to be the smartest person in the room. I don't, I can't, I don't, I can't be the smartest person in every situation. I can't know everything. And, and I'm not uniquely gifted to do that. So how do I surround myself with people who are uniquely gifted to do that so that we can actually in community make a much larger impact as we move through the world. And that for us, for me personally, and for us as an organization is what it's all about. Mm, that is so well said. And I, I would argue that does probably make you the smartest person in the room. In the <laughs> we need to get other voices in here. We need to have other conversations. Some of the, some of the best executives, including yourself, talk about how they have coaches, they have outside support. You have to have that in place, I would imagine, just to be thinking about all the different perspectives. So I love that you speak to that. And interestingly, we have some similarity in that we have both have a counseling background. I'm a psychologist, you have your master's in counseling. I love this quote when I was researching before our call today, how you say every CEO should have a master's in counseling. Absolutely. Tell us us about that. I'm curious. It has been, so, so I'll tell you a little story. So I, growing up, um, money was, you know, money was tight. Money was, was always one of those things in our home that, would hard conversations would have to be had around. And um, as I grew up, I just realized and started to believe that if people could be well-educated about money, which every human has to deal with, every single one of us in in the world has to deal with money, and every one of us could be better educated on how to communicate well, which we're all human and we all have to communicate. If you could combine those two things and you could teach people how to not only be financially literate, but also to communicate well around money issues Mm -hmm. that you could change the world because you change individual lives, you change family dynamics, you change how families communicate, which makes generational impact, which then begins to make community impact. Um, And so I just, that was the reason that I got a degree in counseling, my undergrads in finance. And I just thought, you know, I see this vision of, I know, I think I can make a difference if I just can help people combine these two things. And ultimately, what that led to was, you know, this company where we believe that, that 
your wealth, your time, your money, your resources, all of those things that make you, you mm-hmm. combined with the things that you find worthwhile. Mm-hmm. That is where your net worthwhile is. And really it's just the overlap of the resources aligned with the things that are important to you, to your purpose, yeah. being able to bring those two things together. And quite frankly, being able to communicate around that in a way that that most people can't. I think that that is, that is what changes lives and it, it, it's what changes communities if it's done well. Mm, I so agree with you. I, I think it's such powerful work you're doing. And you were writing about this in Inc. a bit that this is a social justice issue. So many of us we're uncomfortable talking about finances. I see that for a lot of my female clients, negotiating, talking about salary, they just cringe and tense up. Um, Sometimes we see for different communities, um, for for different folks who are lacking privilege and different experiences, they are not being given this information for Mm -hmm. learning about their finances. So I'm curious to, to hear more about how, you know, you are, are integrating this as a social justice issue and and making an impact there with your team. Yeah, I think it starts with ensuring first that your organization looks like the community that you're serving, right? And, And there's a lot that goes into that. I was thinking this morning, it's funny, um, I was driving, I had a, a wonderful lunch and um, I was thinking, you know, what if, what if instead of teaching trigonometry, every classroom taught financial literacy? Because how many of us actually <laughs> use trigonometry in our daily lives. And every single one of us has to use financial literacy money in our daily lives. And so I was thinking about, well, what if you did that, you know, and, and Georgia and I think Alabama or Florida, one just passed the law that, you know, financial literacy is actually going to have to be a mandatory course in high school. And I think like, this is how these things get started. Right. But, but having people in your organization that are representative of the community that you are serving. Because I will tell you that when you come into a place where you don't, you haven't been given that opportunity and you don't know how to talk about money. And then you try to walk into a place where it's not a safe place to have those conversations. It's not going to happen. Those, that, that progress is not going to be made. So, you know, what we're trying to do is be sure that we are building an organization that is a safe place, not only for diversity to come, but for it to be included. Because it doesn't matter if you get talent in the door, if they don't stay because they don't feel like they belong, then you have, you have done no good, right? And and changing that and being intentional about that, those are the things, those are the small foundational things that matter to being and building more impact along the way. Mm, that is so, so powerful. And I think the fact that you are advocating for that as a CEO, that trickles down, that sends such a powerful message. And you speak to this idea of belonging, which to me, when we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion work, it does, it all boils down to belonging. Absolutely. Everybody has a seat at the table. So I Absolutely. love to say that. And 
it's also to me as a clinician, it's a mental health issue too. You know, financial freedom, financial literacy, it affects our mental health. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts to that as well with what you see advising and supporting 10,000 families. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, for me personally, you know, I can look back at the history of my own personal world and, and realize, you know, my parents weren't super financial literate. And there were a ton of decisions that I made. One in particular, you know, that, that I reflect on all the time where I had a full ride to college and I turned it down. And, and there was no one in my world that was asking me those questions of, you know, is this a smart financial decision? And do you understand the ramifications of this decision? And, and you know, thank goodness, I, I was very blessed. I, you know, was able to um, take financial loans and student loans and work, you know, my way through school. But, but it had real ramifications. I remember the day I paid off all of my student loans, like, 15 years later, you know, I felt so proud of myself, yes. but you know, it took me 15 years to pay off and I didn't have to do that. Right. So it's like being, having those conversations and, and thinking through just in my own personal world, mm-hmm. you know, how my life could have been different if I had made different decisions. Now, I think all things work together for, for good. Right. And, and there was purpose in all of it. But I do believe that whether you have money or whether you don't, there are issues around money. Whether if you have a ton of it, there are issues around money. If you don't have any of it, there are issues around money. Mm -hmm. And it runs the gamut in between. All of those issues, concerns, cares, wanting to provide for ourselves, for our families, for our children, for the people that we love, our older parents, all of those things take a toll on us mentally and emotionally. Being able to come alongside of someone in that journey and meet them in the gap, meet them in the place where I've got this and I need to get here and I don't know how to fill that gap. Being the individual that can step into that gap with confidence um, and with compassion and with empathy and help people build the bridge to the other side in a way that that they're proud of and feels good for them and achieves their goals. To me, that's everything. Yeah, it's it's absolutely everything. And I, I so hear how you tie in that counseling background too, to help people feel safe in sharing because money is such a vulnerable thing. You know, mm-hmm. It's such a private thing that, that people yes, are nervous to talk about sometimes. And so I, I hear you really do create such a culture of safety, both externally and internally. And last question I have in, in this category before we jump into to family, how has it been as a CEO, how are you also bringing mental health to the people who work at Signature FD as we've come through this pandemic over these last few years. I'm so passionate about bringing mental health to the workplace. How how are you bringing that to your team as well? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think every organization is dealing with this right now, if they're talking about it or if they're not, right? Because 
all of us as humans have gone through a period of trauma. And if you are not reconciling that and talking openly about that and making it okay for people to just simply raise their hands and say, I'm tired, I'm sad, I'm exhausted. You know, this has been really hard. I've lost people that I've loved. I've been scared. My daughter, um, my, my five-year-old, was a preemie and had lung issues. And there was a period of time, you know, that we were like the fear of, of the unknown and her already being compromised, um, you know, from a, from a lung perspective, really like that fear weighed on me for a very long period of time. And so that in and of itself will create an exhaustion that people have to eventually recover from. And so I think just, leaning into the humanity of it all, right? Recognizing that at the end of the day, whether no matter who you are, no matter your color, no matter your ethnicity, no matter your beliefs, we have all just been through a a period of trauma. Mm -hmm. And the best way for us to uh, come out of that in the best way possible, not only for each human, but for the business, is community. I mean, it is belonging. It is feeling safe to be able to say, there's some things I need right now and can you help me get them? And and I believe that organizations are very well positioned to be able to help their people in a way Mm -hmm. um, that they've never been before. And if you lean into that, the loyalty and the community and, and what you will get out of people because they then want to help others. Yes. That is, that is what community is all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really sounds like at Signature FD, there is a sense of community where people get to know each other as people, not just as fellow colleagues, but there's really a culture of care that exists there. Of Nathan, tell me how you're really doing underneath the, the pleasantries. <laughs> I told somebody the other day, um, I feel like somebody like shoved my life into a blender and just hit smoothie. <laughs> it is, you know, honestly, I, if I'm being 1000% transparent, I wasn't sure when, when I got pregnant, you know, I was like, I have no idea how this is going to work. Like I'm, I'm not only was I 45 at the time, you know, but I've got a five-year-old and the, and a CEO role. Um, and there was some real anxiety for me of, I, I just don't even know how all this is going to work. And I think I'm actually, because of that, recognized, I need my community more than I've ever needed my community. The things at, at work, I only do the things that only I can do because I am surrounded by a team of individuals that have that are amazing at what they do and what what they do well, why in the world do I need to, I don't need to lean in there, right? Let them be their best selves. Mm. I just focus on the things that, that only I can do and be intentional about being present for the people and the things that I need to be present for. And, and I really believe that when you are clear, it is kind. And when you are when you clearly communicate the vision and the goal and what needs to happen and what the expectations are, whether it is 
of yourself or whether it is of the team, mm -hmm. whether it is at the office or whether it is at home, mm -hmm. it creates this place where everyone can be successful because everyone is clear on what success looks like. And that's important for me. It's important for my family. It's important for um, my teammates. And I think it's important for us, you know, just as a community to say, what is success? What, what really matters? You know, I was, I was thinking um, about what just happened in Texas, right? And, and the perspective that it brings to the things that really don't matter, mm -hmm. the things that are just noise that we would all be better to let go of and lean into how do we, how do we actually love each other well? And that fixes a lot of other things. Mm. So beautifully said, so beautifully said. I know at the time that we're recording this episode, Uvalde just happened on Tuesday and my, it weighs so heavy, I think on all of our hearts as we're, we're watching what's happening in our country right now. And, and I think it does, it brings up a lot in terms of, of thinking about becoming a parent and everything like that. I'm, I'm not a mom yet. That's probably coming soon for me, but you know, I'm, I'm wondering, I think people will be listening in a lot of women who hear your story You've become the CEO. You have a five-year-old, a five-month-old, a, a marriage, a relationship. It's incredible. And I think a lot of women will look and hear your story and ask, how do you do it? Because I think a lot mm. of, at least I know for me, something that comes up for me is I get into this kind of either or, like I'm either going to have an amazing mm -hmm. career or how, how do I be a mom and do it in the way that I want to? I'm sure you get asked this question all the time. Tell us how that journey has been navigating both worlds and bringing them together. Mm -hmm. I don't like to call anything. I, I think I gave myself permission at some point because I realized I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do work-life balance. I just couldn't do it. it I just don't, I, for me, it just never existed. Mm -hmm. So it's work-life integration. That, that is what works for me. I have natural tendencies to want to go to the extreme, like super high performer. I want to win. I just want to, when I walk in on a goal, it is, it's almost like everything else kind of fades away, you know, and the, and the goal is really all that I see there for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And I just recognized that I didn't want to miss everything else along the way. And my husband he's, he drives me crazy because he's so right. <laughs> and Lord, I don't ever let him listen to these podcasts because I don't want him to get a big head about it. But, <laughs> but honestly, the, the pace at which he chooses to live his life and enjoy every moment, it has been such a blessing and lesson for me of giving myself grace. I think we, as women, we extend so much grace mm. to everyone else in our lives. And yet we are so hard and critical on ourselves for not being perfect. And I think the moment that it, it, it hit me to my core was, I heard my daughter say something negative about herself. And I thought to myself, that's not okay that she's saying that. And we had a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. And then 
this little voice in the back of my brain that said, but you say stuff like that to yourself all the time. How are you ever going to teach her to have positive self-talk and to not let everyone else's opinions or comments or expectations weigh on who she is and what she chooses to do and how she chooses to live her life if you can't do the same thing? And in that moment, there was just this real raw feeling that in order for me to model for her, I have to do it myself. And that is the hardest thing to do. And so leaning, I literally have a, a piece of art in my bathroom, right by the sink where I brush my teeth. And all it says is grace and grit. Oh. That's all I right? It's just... It is the grit and the resilience to continue to put one foot in front of the other, but it is the beauty of the grace mm -hmm. for it to be okay, no matter what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And if I can extend that to myself and I can extend it to other people, I mean, that I, I really believe that that is where the beauty of the journey mm -hmm. and the beauty of doing the life together in the beauty of lifting each other up along the way. And I think women don't do that enough, right? We're so afraid of being judged that we don't lean into the beauty of, of what supporting and loving other women and helping them along the journey can be. Yes. Oh my gosh. That whole thing. Like, I just want to put that in a, in a quote right there. That is so powerful. Grace and grit. I'm going to hold on for to that. <laughs> And you do remind me, you know, because I resonate so much of what you're sharing, you know, it's so easy. I've got my to do list. Look at this right here. It's so easy to just get the check, 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 check. Mm -hmm. You can't get a relationship. You can't get a check mark for the relationships in your life. No, you can't. And I would argue that's the most meaningful thing, you know, and, and having people in our life who remind us of that. It sounds like your husband is a reminder of that. Mine don't tell him that. Don't tell him. <laughs> we won't send him a special link of this episode. <laughs> but yeah, just reminding yourself, you know, life is more than the check marks and the goals, as great as they are. But the relationships and, and the the ages of our kids, we can't get that back. So not, not oh, wow. Heather, okay. This episode has been phenomenal. I, I know I'm going to bookmark this and save it for later. Our last question, we ask this to every guest. And I feel like you've already been referencing a lot of this throughout our conversation. What do you want your legacy to be? I love that. I love that question. Um, my personal mission statement is to love and lead well. That's it. I want at the end of my days, I want people to say, she loved me and she led me well. That's it. Beautifully said, beautifully said. What, what a fantastic time together. I learned so much. I'm heartened. I know other people will be as well. Heather, where can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about the work that you're doing, learn more about Signature FD? Absolutely, www.signaturefd.com with some wonderful resources, some great tools. Um, and you know, we would love to help anyone that would like to lean in and find their personal net worthwhile and figure out how to align their wealth to that. We would love to help. 
Wonderful. Hopefully this episode inspires people to build up their financial literacy even more. If, if it That's spurs right. something for someone, I think that is time well spent beyond many other things. Heather, what a gift to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I greatly appreciate it. It was a wonderful conversation. Take good care. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode of the Boardroom Brain Podcast. Let's cultivate those networking skills starting today. Share this episode with someone who could benefit from listening and leave a comment and review to let me know what you think. Subscribe to get all the latest episodes and don't hesitate to tell me who you'd love to hear on the podcast. Don't forget that you're always welcome to watch the YouTube version of these episodes as well if you'd like to experience this conversation visually. I always welcome your feedback and I hope today's dialogue sparked your own insights. Here's to fostering those healthy brains both in the boardroom and beyond.